Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to minister to fathers at the abortion center, how to encourage them to go in and get their girlfriend out of there so that their baby's life can be saved. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening, as always, and uh, we would appreciate, as always, if you guys would share this podcast with other people. We want them to be a blessing to you. We want them to be a blessing to everyone that would be blessed by them, but people don't know about this podcast unless you share it. So please share it. Throw it out on social media. Hey, listen to this episode. Maybe there was an episode in particular that you liked. Uh, throw it out to your friends on social media or text it to them or something like that. But uh, beyond that, you could also leave us a review. A good review. A good review. Five-star review. Five stars only. If you feel inclined to leave four stars, then leave uh, Money. Leave no stars. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you want cash. I want five stars. That's what I want. That's but, right. Yeah. We Well, listen, we, we produce these podcasts to be a blessing to you, to train and to equip you. And really, what we do is we screw up, we learn from our screw ups, mm -hmm. and we try to teach you not to screw up like we did. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that's what uh, this this thing is all about. So learn, learning from learn, you can learn from not our mistakes. To do you know what we do. they say: a wise man <laughs> learns from his mistakes. Right. But I think an even wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. It's rare. It is. And honestly, it's rare. We often want to just make our own mistakes. Yeah. You ever notice that? I do notice that. <laughs> I've noticed that in my own life. But by God's right. grace, you guys get to benefit from our mistakes and us, by God's grace, learning from those mistakes. Right. We're not going to be talking about making mistakes here, although we'll probably make a few as we go through this podcast <laughs> and I'll have to edit them out. <laughs> so you'll never know. <laughs> so you'll never know. But we do make mistakes. But we're going to jump into the subject and probably, I would say, in some context, in some measure, we've touched on this. We've covered some things that would help you in this area. Um, but I think we're going to focus in particular on ministering to support people at the abortion center. That's mm -hmm. people that have come, brought their friend, their girlfriend, um, family member for an abortion. In particular, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the fathers right. that are bringing their girlfriends to the abortion center. And in particular, one of the things we want to touch on, because there's a lot, a lot of ways in which you would minister to a father, for example, pulling into the driveway, bringing her initially, yeah. she's in the passenger seat, he's in the driver's seat, or vice versa. But in particular, we're going to touch on, he's pulling out, and we actually did, a few weeks ago, um, two mock sessions mm -hmm. in a podcast. The first mock session was me ministering to you as you were a mom going to the abortion center. And the second mm -hmm. one was you ministering to me as I was a dad pulling out. So there's a little bit of an example, right? but not every, you know, not every conversation is the same. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about some general principles to do with that, how to minister to these dads, how to minister to support people that the same principles I think apply mm -hmm. to a mother that has brought her daughter to the abortion center and a family member or a friend. We've seen that a lot. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. There are some things definitely that I would say to a dad that I would not say to um, a different kind of support person. Sure. Yeah. But um, but this this actually arose because it was a specific question by one of our sidewalk missionaries. Hey, I need some help. She said this is what she falters in yeah. and she sees it all 
the time. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. She said, for example, offering help to especially the moms seems to be very effective. Sure. But she said she's not finding that to be the case with dads. Yeah. And said, I wonder, I, I wonder if it's because they just, it's a macho kind of thing. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. They probably know their failure. They have not supported yeah. this woman in some way yeah. so that she feels secure in choosing life. Yeah. And so I think there is an element of pride when they hear, hey, we can help you. Sure. And maybe, Daniel, you know, you're a man. I'm not. So uh, yeah. maybe I'm... I've been accused of that. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about this. But I'm just wondering, does it... Is that like a sore spot if you raise that to a man and say, hey, we've got help. She doesn't need to do this. We can help. Is it in... Does he hear... I'm not helping. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things going on. And men that come to an abortion center come with all kinds of mindsets. There's varying mindsets. You've encountered it where they don't want her to have the abortion. And so they're there. We've even had them come by by themselves. Their girlfriend came to the abortion center, drove herself there, and they come after her in their own vehicle trying to get her out of there. So we've had that happen as well. Yeah. And then, of course, we've had the men like almost literally dragging the woman into the abortion center and, and anything in between. But- Got to understand, too, that this is this is a situation in which the devil has inserted himself, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of just chaos going on in that situation. Mm-hmm. So you've got to cut through that as best you can. How you do that, you do that with the truth. But I will say that kind of in, in a big picture way, we have to understand as a society in America, we have so demeaned manhood. Mm-hmm. And it's been perverted. Certainly, you know, this idea of tos- toxic masculinity or mm-hmm. whatever, that's kind of like a pendulum swing reaction mm-hmm. to where you know, it's bad to be a man now. Mm-hmm. Used to be, it was like, you got to be a rough man, never cry, and that sort of thing. So it's like this pendulum yeah. swing thing. And the pendulum is swinging toward just really emasculinating men. Yeah. Men aren't aren't being men. Yeah. Men aren't encouraged to be men. Yeah. A lot of men, especially the ones that we encounter at the abortion center, don't know what it is to be a man. Mm-hmm. Right? So one of the things that I want to do when I'm talking to a man at the abortion center is I want to, as I gave a couple of weeks ago, I want to put courage into him. Mm-hmm. What is If he was courageous, if he had courage, mm-hmm. and he truly, because I've encountered men who would say, and I believe them, I don't want her to have the abortion, but you drove her here? Right. You know, what, what does that say? What well, says to me, he's a coward. Yeah. He won't stand up and he won't stand for righteousness and he won't stand for his child. He's, I mean, I've had men literally weeping and I believe mm-hmm. that their tears are genuine mm-hmm. in front of the abortion center, in their vehicle, on the way out or whatever. Yeah. Balling their eyes out because they don't want to have the abortion. And yet they drove her there. And I asked them, why did you drive her here? Well, I, I didn't feel I had any other choice. I mean, it's her decision, her, her, you know, She's got to deal with the pregnancy and all this other stuff. And I'm like, listen, you're a man. God has given you charge. And this is kind of me giving you guys, here's what I would say to a man. And it depends. I'll try to read the situation best I can based on the interactions with this guy. But I want to put courage into him. And I don't just want to say, you're a coward, which I think can be said and can Mm -hmm. be effective given the right context and timing with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really want to put courage into him. And so if I have a brief conversation with a man who's dropped his girlfriend off at the abortion center, he's pulling out and he's bawling his eyes out or he's, yeah. you know, glazed over, whatever, you know, whatever's yeah. going on. Yeah. 
I want to speak courage into him. Yeah. I want to give him courage to say, not only should you, but you can go in there and yeah. get her out. So I'm yeah. going to give my opinion. You should do this. But I want to empower him to know that you can. Listen, you can walk in that abortion center and you can have this pamphlet in your hand and you can tell her, we don't need to do this. Yeah. So that's one of your specifics that, yeah, that you're going to tell them. You're, you're yeah. literally given the plan of action. You can go in there. You can have the pamphlet. You can tell her you don't need to yeah, do this. Yeah. And I yeah. want to use words that really affirm biblical manhood. Mm-hmm. Like protect. You mm-hmm. can go in there and you can protect your child. Right. Yeah. You can support her in carrying this pregnancy. Yeah. You can, I'll use the word, you can be a hero. I'll use that word. That I think is one of the most effective positive statements you can make because we all want to be heroes. We yeah. do. You can save a child's life is another thing along yeah. the, along those lines. You can save your baby's life. You can be a hero to that woman yeah. and to the and to Yeah, that now I do think baby. that especially for women mm-hmm. speaking to men, mm-hmm. that whole, what I just talked about, that whole kind of societal thing of really making manhood just a, a terrible thing and, and yeah. kind of just deflated men and, yeah. and even TV shows make men look just like a bunch of goobers and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And so with that being kind of in society and, and kind of what a lot of our men have been brought up and trained with, that manhood is just... It, been perverted to be something it's not and and manhood is terrible and wrong or whatever. Mm -hmm. You have to be careful as a woman speaking into that. I mean, how are you as a woman going to put courage in him to be a man? You don't know what it is to be a man, right? Right, right. But there are things that you can say. Well, I I will tell you just from a woman's perspective is sometimes the tactic that I will take is, is I will say, you know, I am a woman. I know that it would mean the world to me if I was in this situation and my boyfriend or husband said, honey, we can do this together. Yet I will take care of you. I will watch over your baby, uh, our baby, and I will do whatever it takes that that I am just waiting for a man to be strong and to do what God would have him do. So I think speaking from, from I'm a woman, this is maybe what she is waiting to hear. I will say that. And I think that is maybe better received than me. Certainly I, I wouldn't say, I actually don't ever say you are a coward. I think that that never goes well. Coming from a woman. I mean, there is, I've seen God use that, so, mm-hmm. but just because God would use something doesn't necessarily mean that we should do it. Like God's merciful, He uses He uses donkeys. Right? Is that the best? But we don't get riding donkeys to the right, abortion. Right. Place, right? <laughs> God used a donkey to speak to a to Balaam. Right. Right. But we yep. don't go taking donkeys to the abortion clinic. But my point is, though, is well, the main point is in any mm-hmm. of these conversations mm-hmm. is we've got to be led by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? So the Holy Spirit in the moment could call a man to the carpet. And basically point him out as a coward. One man who actually did choose life or mm-hmm. went in and got his girlfriend out. One of our um, counselors on our, our last episode, the 100th episode, yeah. shared that testimony. Yeah. That that yeah. man went in there and told yeah. her that he had, I believe that that was the testimony that Kathleen shared. Or maybe, it was, maybe it was you were sharing her, that. I don't yeah. know. But basically yeah. the man went in, told her that we have a family emergency, right. got the girl out. But the reason why he did that is because a guy, who, he wasn't a, a love life guy or a cities for life guy. He was kind of an independent guy out there by himself. Great dude, but he called the guy a coward. Okay, now said, I don't think that part of the story did come out on it our podcast. did not come okay, out. Okay, so, so that's interesting. But that's what happened. So okay. he said, "You're if you're going to allow them to kill your child, you're a coward. 
And he said when he got on the mobile unit, that was part of what got him to go in and get her out of there is the fact that he said, you know what? I was thinking about that. That guy said that I'm a coward because I'm not standing up for my baby. And he's right. Yeah. And so he went in there and got her out. Baby was saved. Amazing. Again, just because God used that, I don't think it means that we go out on the sidewalk and just constantly calling people cowards. Right. However, biblically speaking, Revelation chapter 21, verse 8 talks about cowards. All cowards will find their part in the lake of fire. It leaves out this kind of list of, of sins and things that God's going to judge, and being cowardly is one of those things. So there can be a context for that. If specifically the Holy Spirit leads you to that, I think you might could say that, but I think it's better to lay out a case first and let them come to the conclusion that they're being a coward rather than just telling them, hey, you're a coward. Yeah, and so you can say things. There are two ways you can go at that. You can, you know, be laying out the case where it's just painfully obvious they're a coward. You can go at it from the positive approach. And if they're not too thick-headed or hard-hearted, this can sometimes be effective where you are laying out what a courageous man looks like. Yeah. And are are they – they will figure out on their own, do I measure up or not? Right, yeah. You know, are, are you using your strength to protect right. women and, yeah. and babies? Have you told her you will do everything you can in your power to, to help her? Um, so, so those sort of statements, I think, can be really – Really effective. Yeah. And easier, I think, for a woman. I will say, I tend to personally be harsher with a man leaving, especially if they're leaving the woman in the abortion center, than I am with a woman, right or wrong. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's just my natural inclination is they are... um, they're just letting this happen, and yeah. they will be called to account before God. And that's one of the things I will say. Yeah. I, I will talk about um, what do you think Jesus would have you do, and what do you do with the verses where, um, where Jesus says we will be called to account for every action that we've done, both good and, and evil. Yeah. Well, what do you think will be his opinion of, of this action, and have you done everything possible? Yeah while that baby is yet alive. Yeah. I think one of the dynamics that plays out in these particular scenarios mm-hmm. is that the man, and this is this is more often than not the reaction, it's one of apathy. Like, not that they don't want her to have the abortion, they do want her to have the abortion. It's just more like, well, it's her thing and whatever. Right. I'm going to go have breakfast yeah. at McDonald's. Absolutely, yeah. I and, think that's the most And one of the common. ways that I think you can break through that apathy mm-hmm. in your conversation with them is to make it personal for them mm-hmm. and to imply or, I guess, drop drop on their lap the reality, not just imply it, but bring it to the forefront, mm-hmm. that that baby is their son or daughter. Yes. Just using not those just words. Not just that baby, yep. not just her baby, uh, your baby, but I think in, in particular, mm-hmm. using the word father. Yeah. That you are the father mm-hmm. of that baby that's scheduled to yeah. die. Yeah. That's your son and that's your daughter. And right. I will, just like with the mothers, I will call her a mother because she is if she's pregnant. Yeah. I will yeah. call them a father. Mm-hmm. And then I will talk about, so one of the questions I'll ask, do you have other children? So I ask if, do you have any other children? Do you have, you know, if they share, people mm-hmm. are often very open about that. Yeah, I've got a son. He's such a blessing. Yeah. yeah. And I will talk about, okay, that's your son. 
Could you imagine life without them? Mm-hmm. Did you do you remember when your girlfriend or your wife, mm-hmm. whoever bore that child, was pregnant? And the struggle, it was difficult, right? But it was worth it, right? Because you have that child in your life as a blessing. Right. Well, this child that she carries, your son that she carries right now, that you're the father of, mm-hmm. is in the same way a blessing. This is your child. So I yeah. kind of use what they know to really bring them into the reality of something they actually don't know, haven't right. connected with, and really right. disconnected them th- themselves from. Yeah, and one of the harsher truths that you can then continue in that vein is this is what is going to happen to your son or daughter, do you know right. what happens and describe that your son or your daughter is going to be literally ripped apart limb by limb? That's yeah. you know something as if, if you're encountering apathy, you kind of, it's not said for shock value, but you do want to kind of shock them into out of that lethargy yeah. and um, into some sort of action. So one of the things that struck me when you were talking about using the word coward and then thinking about the apathetic man um, coming out. Coward is a word that uh, can evoke strong emotions. Sure. I imagine there's men that get very angry. Yeah. Now, I've seen it, so I, I know this happens. Yeah. They can get very angry. And maybe that's a, almost a good thing because at least it's, it's moving them out of just inaction well, it's a good thing as long as they don't punch you in the as face. As long as or they something. don't punch you in the face, yeah. We you got to be careful about um, uh, trying to uh, keep things from escalating to a point where anyone yeah. is in danger. Yeah. yeah. But another dynamic them out of that. Yeah. Lethargy. Another dyna- dynamic that I see out there, which to me is really just the way the flesh and the devil operate, really just deceptively. Mm-hmm. And I know you've heard it thousands of times. Mm-hmm. Where he pretends, you know, he might stop again in the driveway coming on the way out. Mm-hmm. And he pretends that really he's he's sort of apathetic toward the situation. So he might say something to the effect of, well, you know, I don't want her to have the abortion. Right. But after all, it's her body, her choice, her right, or whatever. Right. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I, after all, I'm not doing it. It's right. her doing it. Right. And to me, that's a really devilish way to handle it. Because if you get, and I've had these situations or these conversations many, many times, mm-hmm. and if I really, really get down to the bottom of it, mm-hmm. all he's doing is taking the guilt that he feels, mm-hmm. because after all, he's he's likely the one that pressured her to have the abortion. He's likely the one that paid at least some of the money to have the abortion. So you're trying to make me believe, young man, that you brought her to the abortion center, you drove her here, you paid the money for her to have the abortion, but you really... It's not your body. It's not your choice. All you're doing, it's a mechanism for you to take the guilt that you're feeling and put it off on her. And so in those situations, if I can perceive that's what's going on, I will come down very heavy handedly and I will say, God is not deceived by what you're doing here. When you're taking the guilt of the thing and you're basically saying my hands are clean because I'm not after I'm not the one having the abortion. I want to tell you, your hands are not clean. This is your baby. And you need to do everything you can to get her out of there. Now, you can't drag her by the hair out of that place, but you need to go in with this pamphlet in your hand and you need to speak to her and tell her, let's not murder our child. Yeah, and that's I wanna, great. And that, I'm still putting courage into him, Yeah, but I'm really being forthright and I'm really confronting that young man in not his apathy, but his active involvement in the murder of his own child. Right. And of course, we're a gospel-centered ministry. And so whenever it is... Uh the right time, which is most of the time, we 
give them scripture, yeah. give them the word of God. What, is the, what does the word say? And one of my favorites, when I have someone tell me um, it's her body, her choice, I'm not the one murdering, yeah. um, uh, you know, I'm, it, it's not my issue, it's hers, is, is Proverbs 24, 11 to 12. So um, and I'm going to read that. Deliver those who are being taken away to death and those who are staggering to slaughter. Oh, hold them back if you say, see, we did not know this. Does he not consider it who weighs the hearts? And does he not know it who keeps your soul? And will he not render to man according to his work? So God perceives it. God knows what you have done. God knows whether you have done everything in your power to rescue those being led away to death. Have you done everything in your power to rescue that child being led away to death? And for you to say, I knew nothing about it, that's just not true. And that that verse tells you, does not he perceive it, who holds the universe in his hands? you're not not fooling God. You are not fooling God. You are just deceiving yourself, and you will be called to account, and God does see this. And and so then telling him, until you have, until that baby's dead, you should not be fleeing from that place yeah. because you could still influence and change the outcome yeah. for your son or daughter. Yeah. A couple of things I want to mention mm-hmm. in this vein, in, when we're talking about the fathers especially, but any of the support people. Yeah. You know, we've trained, and if you've gone through our training, you know this, where we really talk about that mother is actually the judge. Like, we're an advocate. Right. We're a lawyer right. pleading right. on behalf of that baby. We're mm-hmm. pleading a case like that that baby is on trial even though it he or she has done nothing wrong that baby's on trial yeah and we're that baby's lawyer and so we use the three talking points you know all of that stuff as as evidence mm-hmm. right of why that baby doesn't deserve to die mm-hmm. we're appealing to the judge mm-hmm. that mother is the judge the abortionist is not the judge the right. abortionist is the executioner in this yeah. in this analogy the mother is the judge and so we're appealing to her so we use evidence like fetal development mm-hmm. ultrasound mm-hmm. we use Obviously, what God says, his mm-hmm. word as evidence that this baby doesn't deserve to die, mm-hmm. um, the resources that are available, you guys know the three talking points. But we can also call witnesses, okay? Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest witnesses to have up on the stand to help us plead a case to that judge is the father of the baby. So if you can win him over in a conversation, mm-hmm. this is why we need to be careful. Yes, there are times we need to confront. You guys mm-hmm. just heard what I said about confronting cowardice and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But we really need to be careful because if we can build a relationship with him and if we can put courage in him, then we can likely influence the judge, mm-hmm. right? If we can get a pamphlet in his hand and get him to go inside the abortion center and talk to her, what he has to say, and I'll say this to the men, a one sentence from you is worth 10,000 words from me. Right. As a matter of fact, statistics have kind of bore this out. And there's a statistic flying out around out there and haven't been able to pin out where it really comes from. But I'm pretty sure it's accurate. Okay. And it's basically about 90% of the women that have an abortion said, 80 to 90% said, that if the man would take responsibility for the baby, she wouldn't have the abortion. So that yeah. kind of speaks to... The father's involvement in the abortion decision, whether he's apathetic or actively involved, passively involved, whatever, um, his voice does matter. And if we can win him over as the attorney for that baby and have him as a witness on our side, yeah, pleading the case to the judge, 
it could likely influence the judge. Yeah, and I don't know the exact statistics, but I will say from experience that is absolutely true. There was a mom on board the RV today that the father of the baby was pressuring her to abort. And I said, well, how did that make you feel? Now, she was coming. He wasn't in, he, he didn't even know she was there. She was coming to abort, and she was determined to abort. But when I said, how did that make you feel? When the father said that, the father of the baby, and she said, bad. Yeah. It made her feel bad. That's what I hear. Yeah. Even for the women who are abortion determined, at the root, so often of that determination is a man has said, go kill our child. Yeah. And so in the way that you phrased it, you were again empowering him. Look at what an influence you have. You can influence her for good, not for evil, not for destruction. And so you're feeding courage into him in a very positive way that influences good. You can influence her. Yeah. Yeah. In the same way, when you're dealing with like parents that have brought their daughter there, father or mother that brought their daughter there for an abortion, or a friend, family member, even sometimes an Uber driver, somebody that has their trust. Mm-hmm. That we might not have at that mo- that moment, right? We're just that weirdo out on the sidewalk. Yeah. If we can win that person over, yeah, that person then becomes a witness on behalf of that baby. Yeah. And we can we can leverage that and uh, and help influence the judge, the mother. Yeah. To let that baby go free. Yeah. So you're <laughs> making a great case for why we need to really be relational. Yeah. And and build hope and courage in that man. Uh, but there are times when they just are not having it and, yeah. and they yeah. are they are still determined they're just going to – they will often lie. Well, I'll be right back. Yeah. What and do then, you say in that case? When, they, when yeah. they've left her, okay. we know the so, abortionist is going to be there any minute, yeah. right? So, and they say, so I'll this be right a, back. This is a good point, and this is what I kind of want to just focus on just for a second here mm-hmm. is because I've seen this play out Yeah, where the guy's coming out of the parking lot or even, you know, he's walked out on the sidewalk and we're there and we're talking to him and I've seen counselors and I've probably done it myself mm-hmm. go on endlessly. Right. And cause he wants to debate and he wants to justify himself. He wants to claim, you know, innocence and no involvement in this thing, or he wants to talk about whatever. I mean, yes. I've had guys talk about anything under the sun to really just shrug off the guilt that they're feeling. Right. But we have to understand there's a sense of urgency, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. With that mother who's pregnant, I will have a conversation with her for four hours if I can, right? Because I know not she's not in going in. Yeah, if she's not in the abortion yes. center. I'll have right. a conversation that will keep right. her out of there. If she wants to keep talking, I'll talk about whatever. I don't care. Yes. Yeah. But with him, mm-hmm. there's a sense of urgency. Yeah. And so if he's out there on the sidewalk talking to me and he wants to talk about anything under the sun, I'm always going to bring the conversation back around to, but your girlfriend's in there, your wife is in there, and your baby's about to die. So, Please go in there and get her out of there, and then we can talk about all these other things. So he might want to talk about evolution. He might want to talk about, (laughs) I mean, Rastafarianism. I had a guy talk wanted to talk to me about Rastafarianism. While his baby's being murdered in the background, right? All of it's around him trying to justify himself and not doing anything. Yeah. And so they want to talk about whatever it might be, conspiracy theories and all kinds of weird stuff. I will always bring the conversation back around to, their, to them going in and getting her out. And when they're about to pull out and they're, I, I'm just going to go up here to the store. I'm going to go right up back. to McDonald's. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. I will 
stress that there's not time for you to be right back. You right. need to go in there and get her out of there. Please understand the gravity of what's going on. So what I want to communicate is I want to communicate urgency. Yes. I want to communicate the gravity of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I want to communicate his ability to change the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want yeah. to urgency, gravity, and his ability to communicate to her in such a way that I cannot. Right. right? So I want to get him. And so I will say specifically, just cut a U-turn right here. Mm-hmm. Go back in there, talk to her, and then all you can all you can do is try, right? Now I will I will reiterate that because I don't want to put an undue guilt on them. Like if they're if they do and genuinely try to get her out of there and she doesn't come out, what else can you do? That's right. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so I will encourage them with that. You go in, just give her this pamphlet. And I'll try to make it very simple. Just give her this pamphlet. Just tell her, you don't even have to tell her anything, but these people on the sidewalk want to talk to you. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah. And I have watched men, after I've encouraged them, walk into the abortion center, five, ten minutes later, walk out with their girlfriend holding her hand, and all she was waiting for is for them to walk, for that boyfriend, that husband, to walk back into that abortion center and say, we don't have to do this. That's right. And I, I do believe that that is true for many, many of the woman, women, yeah. that they are just waiting. Will he be the man that God designed him to be and that I think women long for, a strong man yeah. who will defend them and their child? Yeah. So I, I like also how you gave, even in the specificity of just make a U-turn, they have, they have sometimes in their own chaotic mess and deception, just a simple bit of advice, like make a U-turn, give them a, a, a plan yeah. is sometimes so in, invaluable yeah. because they just, sometimes they truly do feel like I've done all I knew to do. Some of them honestly do feel like they've done all they they knew to do. Sure. And so we are giving them more specifics. And those are the times when I feel like it's a man that's fought. Sometimes you will talk to a man who has indicated, and I sort of believe in that he has fought to some yeah. degree for that child. Then giving them new ammunition is is what I will try to speak into them. And that's where talking about, well, do you know what happens to how far along is she? She's yeah. uh, 10 weeks. Do you know that a 10-week baby has detectable brainwaves? Does your girlfriend know that? Does she know that baby has 10 fingers and 10 toes with unique little fingerprints? Yeah. And that that little baby's going to be ripped apart limb by limb? Does she know that? Maybe if you went and told her that and said, we can't let that happen to our child. So if they... Have, have said, I don't know what else to say. And sometimes they will say that. Yeah. That's when I think it's important. Give them specifics. Yeah. Know the specifics of abortion, of fetal development, um, sometimes of the resources. Yeah. And, and tell them now go in and say, say those things yeah. and see if those will help. Yeah. And I think, like I mentioned, putting a pamphlet in their hands. Yeah. Okay, just go in there. Don't say a word and give her this pamphlet. Because our pamphlet says all that. But you do have to be careful because at least at our facility, we have said that and they will snatch it out of their yeah, hand. Yeah, I was going to mention I tell that. them, okay, yeah, yeah, I tell them, I'll, hide I'll, it I'll under tell your them shirt. To, yeah, stick it in your back pocket, <laughs> exactly. hide it in your shirt or something like that. Yes. But go in there, hand her this pamphlet, Yeah. say we don't have to do this, or those people outside want to talk to you. You want to empower them. You want to encourage them. And again, thinking of that kind of analogy of they're a witness on behalf right. of their yeah. baby. Yeah. 
of why their baby doesn't deserve to die. And it could be, and this is what I'll say to the man, it could be that she's in that abortion clinic right now and she's praying for a sign. And she says, God, if you don't want me to have this abortion, then send whatever his name is back in there. And I'll try to get their name with the men. I'll certainly try to get their name and use their name, encourage them to go in there. And and again, I want to give them enough information to empower them to go in and do something, Mm -hmm. but not so much information where I'm provoking a lengthy conversation. So I'm not, you know, I'll get into fetal development. I'll get into it very minimally, give them the facts that they need to know. Right. But I do want to stress fatherhood and the mm-hmm. fact that their child is their son or daughter and that they need to do something about it. Now go do it. That's yeah. basically it. Yeah. You're yeah. the father of that baby. That baby deserves your protection. She's waiting for you possibly to come in and speak to her and encourage her to do the right thing. So go in and do it. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I want to stress that. That kind of gave that. me chills when you said um, she might be praying right now for a sign. Yeah. And can you imagine be? and they tell us all the time they are. Yeah. We hear that so much from the women. Sure. Can you imagine being that woman and all of a sudden your boyfriend bust through the door yeah. with a, and and sometimes with uh, all the workers chasing after him yeah, saying maybe. you can't go back there can you imagine the impact of that on that woman she sees her hero she sees her knight yeah. you know in shining armor appearing yeah. just in the brink of time it it's a, it is really an effective i think yeah. Yeah. Uh, vision for for you to paint for them now yeah. there are times when you've done all that and they still say Thanks, uh, I I gotta go. Yeah, and they and and there there is one last thing we've talked about this before. We always offer to pray. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And depending on again the the, the urgency, yeah. and if I know the abortionist is about to get there, I might not even pray with them. I might just send them on in there with a pamphlet in their hand and say, "Get her out of there." Well, but what if, if the, what I know if they there's say, time? Now, what if they say, "Thank you, that's been all great advice, and see you later, buddy." Yeah, and they're going to drive well, away. Well, either way, if if I feel there's time, I will yeah. pray. If like if I'm going to send him in there, he's willing to go. I'm going to pray and just pray courage into him, give him the strength. But right. in that scenario where they're just apathetic and they're yeah. going to keep driving, I will offer yeah. to pray with them. Yeah, and really. Pray at them, pray at right? Them, right. Lord, okay. I pray that yeah. you would help this young man to see that his baby is precious, that you love his baby, and that you want to give him the courage that it takes to go in there and get his girlfriend out of that place and save his baby. So give this young man the courage to do that. Help him to be the man that you've called him to be, and help him to know, God, that he is guilty of the murder of this child if he doesn't do something. So I'll pray something like that. You I'm laying it on You have just summarized the whole case and laid it out, but in your prayer. Yeah. And so those words, even if he does drive away, you know those words don't return void. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're in his head as he's driving up to McDonald's for his coffee. Yeah, And absolutely. he's thinking of what you've said. Yeah. And yeah. hopefully it's not too late when and if he does return yeah. Yeah. in time. Now I'll share one story. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as I'm concerned, we're, we're, we can wrap this podcast yeah. up. I think yeah. it's been good. Uh, but there was one encouraging story. Okay. Now, you guys take this for whatever it is. But this guy's actually my hero, okay? One of my heroes. And I'm not saying we encourage people to do this. This guy kind of did this on his own. But at the Hebron Abortion Clinic, uh-huh. some years ago, probably 10 years ago or so, there was a man, his girlfriend actually came to the Hebron Abortion Clinic mm-hmm. to kill his baby. Mm-hmm. He knew that she was pregnant. He didn't want her to have the abortion. She went, kind of slipped out of the house or whatever, went to the abortion clinic, and somehow he found out through one of her friends or something like that that she was at the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. And he actually rolled up at the abortion clinic, 
found out she was in there and went and talked with some of the sidewalk people that were out there. And they didn't encourage him to do anything violent or anything like that. Right. But they were encouraging him that you can go in there. You can speak with her. Well, they wouldn't let him in to go and talk to her. So he went around back and kicked the back door open. Oh, wow. Yeah. Kicked the back door <laughs> open, got her out of there. Now, he didn't drag her out or anything, but he he gave her a stern, you know, rebuke. Uh, the police ended up showing up and you know, they arrested him and all of that stuff. They did? They arrest did arrest him. him yeah. Because he, he damaged property, broke okay. the door down. Okay. But guess what? She His girlfriend life. didn't kill their baby. Wow. That baby's life was saved because that man was a hero. That guy is my hero. He's yeah. one of my heroes. Like that yeah. dude did what most of these men yeah. would never do. Right. Most of these men wouldn't even squeak out in their voices, don't have this abortion. Right. But that guy actually took action. Now, I'm not yeah. encouraging violence and people kicking down doors, but man, that story <laughs> just just is awesome to me. His baby was saved yeah. it, because it of his action. It shows the power of a man who really sees the value yeah. of, of his Think child. about that child think about that kid and i don't know if that kid yeah. has that story shared yeah but if i was that kid if if that dude was my father yeah i would look up to that knowing guy, what right? dad <laughs> did to save my life is yeah. just and and you know that's a great story do you tell that to dads as, as your counselor but i'm them. careful with that because i don't want to encourage them to go write. yeah i don't want to be <laughs> part of that i mean if they do it i'm not sad Right. But I'm not going to encourage them yeah. to do that because I'm not going to be you know part of yeah. them getting arrested and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, just encouraging story, kind of like a, um, uh, one of those stories I like to bring out every once in a while and just share with people what, what a man could do yeah. to uh, protect the life of his the power of The power of a father. And so many of these young men don't have fathers yes. or fa- they have absent fathers. They don't have great role models. And sometimes, yeah. honestly, the man at the that's a sidewalk counselor is going to be that role model yeah. that can tell them this is what a man can do and can be. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. So with that, guys, we appreciate you listening and uh, we appreciate you guys reaching out to us with any suggestions of future podcasts that we can do. We'd love to cover whatever subjects would be a blessing to you. We have folks that are within our circles, within Love Life, reaching out and saying, hey, could you guys cover this or cover that? And so we certainly will listen to those folks that, that reach out. But if you, you don't have a clue who you are, maybe you can still shoot us over an email. Let us know what subject you'd like for us to cover, someone you'd like for us to interview, something like that. It just would be a blessing to the folks that are listening. So you can reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach out to her, Vicki at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. But until next time, God bless. God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. Nothing's too precious since I met you